Hi, I'm Mike Phil. Yeah, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories. So of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond with yet another Star Wars podcast. From the endless sand dunes of Tatooine to the highest levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we'll put a shock to our system by covering Static Shock, the animated series on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Chance. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Poison Ivy 2, colon, Lily came out. Um, it, it's, uh, it's not a movie for kids. I'll say that much. <laughs> I was like, when did Poison Ivy even get a movie? And I was just like, oh, this is not a, this is not a superhero movie, y'all. So uh, Martin Scorsese might be a little might be actually okay with this one yeah i think i think he would like uh the movie it's very uh it's very not for kids <laughs> <laughs> so kids at home don't don't watch this one this is not a not the poison ivy movie you're expecting <laughs> but you know what is for the kids these two episodes that we're talking about today for static shock that is right we are talking season three is here we got a brand new look a brand new style everything is just so brand spanking new including the animation as we talk about season three's episodes one and two hard as nails and one that i think is going to be really awesome to talk about gear oh yes so it's a great thing that we brought up poison ivy because one thing we know about her from her skill set is that she deals a lot with the pheromones that are connected to plants. And because we have our Valentine's Day episode here, um, shout out to Calendar Man. Thank you for not taking away our families this time around. But we did like doing this Valentine's Day episode, which we're going to title with these back-to-back shows, Show Your Love, inspired Mm by Steve Harvey from the Apollo TV's time. (laughs) And it's just mainly because we get a brand new look at static a brand new look at characters so there's a lot of new introductions that you will see here today our main cast of static is back for this season three premiere as well as some special guest stars as we have kevin conroy returning as the batman bruce wayne 
We have Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. I hope I didn't butcher that name too badly. <laughs> As Alfred, I think this is his first time appearing into the Static Shock series. So welcome, Alfred. We love you. We love your dry British humor. We have Takia Crystal Kima, who was previously a background character in season two, but now she returns for more dialogue and story as Ali, AKA Nails in our Hardest Nails episode. Providing the sultry voice of Poison Ivy here, we have Diane Pershing, who has actually voiced a lot of characters in the, um, in the Paul Denny Timverse adaptations. And finally, we couldn't have a Valentine's Day episode without the true queen of hearts here, as we have Arlene Sorkin, the first woman to provide the voice of Harley Quinn, creating the character's iconic tone, demeanor, and influence to all the other voice talents that have ever voiced Harley Quinn, including Tara Strong and Hinden Walsh, who was also in a previous episode of ours, and who is also the inspiration of the Margot Robbie version of Harley Quinn in the DCEU films. So shout out to Arlene for creating, legit creating, a new character to add to the um, to the Batman mythos. Yeah, I mean, and they they I imagine they named the character after her, Harlene Quinzel Arlene. I, I, it's got. Oh, I feel that shit. must be connected. <laughs> <laughs> you just learn more and more things here so if that's the case that's a that's an applause that's just a, yeah. an applause <laughs> unless that's just a really weird coincidence <laughs> all right so we're starting it off now season three begins of static shock as we start off with hard as nails right away we're gonna hit it they hit us with that romeo theme that little romeo classic static and it, you know at the time this was mind-blowing this was worlds colliding this was this was huge on the playground back then and after we get the the gray theme we open up with of course the classic harvey bullock he's in gotham he's doing his thing which is not very much and he's he's worried because there are some villains in town and we have nails running away throughout gotham and as she's running from, we're like, who is she running from? And Static comes in with this awesome lightning visual mm -hmm. of him just dominating the skies. It's a nice homage to Batman, you know, appearing in front of the lightning bolt. Static gets his little lightning bolt moment here in Gotham. And we see that he's he's here pursuing nails. And we we don't know what the history is between them, but he's he's here to stop her. Yeah, this is a really cool scene just to open up to um, because as we see Static get in his moment, I'm pretty sure he probably created that lightning just for effect. Like I'm pretty sure it was a <laughs> very calm as hell day in Gotham. He was just like, I'm just going to put that out there. But he's calling out to Ali saying that like, you know, he wants her to come back with him because it seems as Ali is from Dakota. And we see that Ali has this like crazy ability to basically be indestructible. She, we first start off seeing her um, using her nails, hence the name, to cut through metal gates and um, able to take like really great hits when it comes to um, anything that may be falling in her direction. So he keeps calling back out to her and in this moment, we get a static. He sees, like, you know, like he's lost track of her. So he's just like, all right, how did I even get up to the point where 
I'm now in Gotham. Like, how did it all come to this? Is now we saw our flashback um, after a quick fight between the two of them, really showing off both of their skills and capabilities. And we flash back to three days ago in Dakota, where we see that Virgil as narrator is playing in a pickup game with Richie and a couple other people. And Allie happens to be passing by in wearing a trench coat, which already alerts Virgil because he's just like, yo, it's like hot in Dakota yeah. right now. Yeah, she's got the trench coat on. Um, another cool thing I think about this moment is that Allie's Big Bang change. I don't want to say mutation. That's the X-Men. <laughs> but <laughs> her, her change has caused her to have to wear makeup to conceal her because when she uses her powers, her skin turns a different tone on purpose, uh, animators. And uh, <laughs> they, so in this, in this case, I like this uh, idea of her having to hide her, it being outward. And while they're playing this pickup game, because they're using, uh, playing with a non-regulation hoop, because this thing fell over. <laughs> Yo, so easily. <laughs> Not even in the hood would you ever see a hoop put together that badly. What happened here? <laughs> the construction guys are really cutting corners on this hoop. Um, <laughs> so as the hoop falls over, Nails activates her powers. Allie, uh, aka Nails, activates her powers so the hoop doesn't crush her. And although they're all suspicious of this moment combined with the trench coat, they just kind of let things go. And in the subsequent scene, we see Allie is back in the school. She's desperate, clearly. And she uses her powers to break into everyone's lockers. And everyone is pretty torn up about this. They, you know, they stole a couple of, they stole money, stole valuable items, but they do notice that Allie's locker was untouched, which you know, she's an amateur criminal, but you got to cover your tracks here, girl. You got to scratch your own locker up. This might have been for Allie's first stop in her escape to or her period of running away from from Dakota, because we find out from Daisy that um, first of all, I will say, honestly, say I didn't realize it was Daisy at first because everybody gets like a <laughs> completely drastic makeover now. Like, yeah. Virgil's lost the um the red and yellow shirt he's wearing. He's wearing like a full like yellow jersey with tims and i was just like you can't get more new york than that. <laughs> and daisy's hair she's like now moved from short hair the short bob she had to like longer hair wearing like a flower i think on her shirt or something but she points out that ali's parents came by to the school looking for her because um ali apparently either ran away from home last night or didn't come home last night so they're trying to figure out where she is. But Virgil remembers that when they went to go save Allie, um, or at least like check up on her after she got hit by the backboard, that one of the papers that she had in her hand was a map of Gotham. So now Virgil uses this really, I do have to question this because I don't think this actually works, but he uses his abilities to access the latest set of files or website that Ali was on so is Virgil like electrotechnopathic all of a sudden now <laughs> yeah I mean this scene is hilarious to me because 
what I was thinking of, even outside of him being able to do this, I was like, you could have just pressed computer history. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a function of the computer. (laughs) You didn't need to do all of this. It was just like, we're going to show the craziest amounts of electrical powers you could think of. Don't question it, kids, but we question it as adults. Yeah, I don't really understand how his electricity would affect the computer. Like, it doesn't really, you know, it's so unnecessary. Um, it's hilarious, but it's unnecessary. And as he uses this really unnecessary hack, he discovers that Ali was trying to sneak to Gotham to get a cure and she was communicating with people on the internet so it's a nice little you know static always relevant social issues so it sneaks in a thing which will keep recurring about talking to strangers on the internet Mm -hmm. at that age and as he realizes he has to head to the to Gotham we get another banger of a song the one step ahead of the game. Yeah, the one. One shot. Yo, Ali, yeah, I don't know who is scoring this music, but y'all, kudos, man. Because like each and every single one of these songs since Bigfoot has been an absolute banger. I was in love with this song. But yeah, as we see Ali getting chased down with the epic music of all time, it seems now that they're running on rooftops and... You know, we know one person who tends to be hopping around on rooftops is Batman. As Batman has now joined the scene, he is able to use his um, Batarang grapple line uh, to tie up Ali here. As Static swoops in, he's just like, at first he's like shocked to just see that Batman was around. And, you know, but he does kind of keep it cool, thanking him for the assist. But now we're seeing that like, Batman is stating that, like, he can't let Nails go. He can't turn her over to Static to take back to uh, to Dakota because he now wants to see who was she planning on meeting up with. That leads to the big reveal of all, where we get Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn appearing. Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are flying in on one of the, um, the Gotham, like, blimps that are always circling <laughs> around in Batman the Animated Series. So as Poison Ivy kind of like encases Batman and Static up in, in some wood, they're able to escape with Ali and leaving them now to, leaving us now to believe that Static and Batman are dead. Yeah, you can forget how powerful Poison Ivy is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she immediately incapacitates both heroes. And we know how powerful, Static is throwing items into space, but Against Poison Ivy, he can't do much because right. of the, the, his weakness to wood. Luckily, Batman used cut, and it was super effective <laughs> to get out of the, <laughs> the get out of the the wooden. And uh, as as he's they're making their way out and they're figuring out their next move, Poison Ivy and Harley are talking with Allie, and we also get another song because this this it's just a straight banger of a soundtrack. We get. The Me and My Homegirl song, mm, mm-hmm. which is, come on now, like just mm, so good. And it comes back several times. But Poison <laughs> Ivy and Harley, you know, talking to Allie and they're saying, you know, if you want to go back to normal, 
if you don't want to be a better human anymore, you got to do something for us. You got to do a job for us. And, you know, Ali agrees, like, if it's one crime, I'll help out. So it's, it's a really interesting thing where she has been deceived by these strangers on the internet, but she realizes they kind of need her. Uh, and they, she needs them in this moment. So she agrees to do that while Batman, who has gotten Virgil out, decides to take him back to the Batcave. And here is my favorite moment of this entire episode. Because <laughs> Static, he apparently, I guess, just passed out during his time being encased in wood. And as he's waking back up, he realizes that he's in a much better place the much better HQ that has abandoned gas station of solitude as Alfred is standing over him, removing splinters from his body. And Virgil asks him straight up, like, yo, who are you? And Alfred says that he's Batman. To which Virgil's just like, no, I know that's not true. And Alfred says that who hopes one day when this ever happens again, that someone truly believes it. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so good. And then as Alfred passes Static his jacket, Static is just like, yo, thanks, dog. <laughs> and Alfred's just like, no problem, dude. And I never knew that Alfred was down with the homies like this, man. Like, uh, Alfred, he's a treasure. Just protect this man forever. <laughs> yeah. Like Alfred, Al- Alfred's down with the kids. He he has to keep up with the kids because of all the robins that come in. Oh, that's true. Food, so <laughs> he he's up on it, and Alfred definitely has a TikTok account. <laughs> oh, definitely, just in case. Mm-hmm. See what Jason Todd's up to, and so Virgil wakes up. He g- goes over to Batman, who's in full costume as always, and when Batman says his name, he's like, "How'd you know?" and Batman's like, you probably shouldn't carry your ID while you're solving crimes. Great line. And after establishing Robin is hanging out with the Titans, uh, Batman just says, you know, we got to take Allie down. And, and Virgil's like, he, I know Allie. Trust me. I can, we can rehabilitate. And it's a nice moment because, you know, Batman's always about rehabilitating the villains. So it's nice to see Virgil trying to do the same thing. And so they agree to do it, play it their way to try to take down Allie safely before sending her off to Arkham Asylum, which would definitely mess her up for life. Mm. And meanwhile, Harley, Poison Ivy and, and Nails are there to take on some, take on a boat full of gold to steal. And I just felt so bad for these men on this boat. <laughs> All they had with the axes, but that's not enough. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not cut was not effective here at this point. <laughs> uh because now we see that Poison Ivy, Harley, and Allie or Nails are now basically robbing this boat of all the gold bars that are there. Poison Ivy and Harley are just enjoying the fact that they're about to be rich. But Allie just really does not want to be a part of this. She's really keeping a step back. She's not even jumping in to help in any way, shape, or form. But she's forced by Poison and Poison Ivy and Harley to just do something. And 
ultimately she does show off that she does have some really great super strength here as she's able she starts packing the um the the airship that they had with all the gold bars that are there and now we have that um static and batman they're flying out in the batwing at the same time of this all this going down gcpd has been alerted to the fact that you know this boat is being robbed so static and batman head on over to the top of gcpd for the iconic meetup with gordon and bullock yeah and this meaning bullock was talking mad spicy for no reason <laughs> <laughs> yo word <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing to stop them bullock what are you what are you working on right now I, I was I was like, Bullock, come on, man. And I also do want to notice that when they were taking the the bat vehicle this time around, there was a resealable rock like <laughs> floor. Who 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 contracted this, Bruce? <laughs> Who's doing this? Yeah, because like despite what the Christopher Nolan and maybe the bat flick versions have showed us, Batman ain't building his own bat cave like this. There is no way that Bruce Wade has structural engineering knowledge to this level. It is impossible. He spent majority of his life training to fight crime. Where did he get this? I need to know if it's Alfred, because if that's the case, Alfred needs to get paid more. Yeah, he definitely earned his paycheck. But during this conversation, they do figure out that the attack is happening on the boat, and we have and Batman and Virgil head off to stop them, which does lead to a funny going away line where Bullock goes, what did Robin do to his hair? So you know what? Bullock, he doesn't see color. He doesn't. He's a <laughs> dumbass. Yes, 100% a dumbass. <laughs> so back on the ship, uh, Allie is, you know, she's feeling regret for doing this because it becomes very clear that this is not going to be a one-time job. Like they're going to have her use her crazy strength in future jobs. And Harley responds by just nearly straight up killing Allie on the spot. But luckily the bat vehicle gets there just in time to help Allie get out of the water. And we get a great team up battle of, of good versus evil here. And, you know, a lot of great moments here. Harley calls static kid, kid kill a lot. <laughs> That's my new favorite nickname right now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a great one. A kid kill a lot. And static unleashes like all the electricity he has in his body to take down Harley, which damn, but it's apparently what it takes to knock Harley out for any significant amount of time. At the conclusion of this battle, Nails, she wants revenge. I mean, she almost died. She was deceived by them. She did all this stuff for them. And Static says, you know, Allie, if you go through this, you're going to spend your life running for guy from guys like Batman. And Batman, to his credit, is like, yeah. Like, he did. <laughs> his look on his face is like, I absolutely, I will hunt you down for the rest of your life if you, yep. if you go through with this. So... I also do want to add too that yeah. like he also static also states that she would end up also running away from guys like him. Like yeah. it seems now that like with this new season, static is really finally putting himself up there, being like, yo, I got I'm one-on-one with Batman right now. And he's got Gotham, but I got Dakota. Ever come back here after doing this? I have to take you in. It's what I do. So respect to the growth. Yeah, yeah. And uh she 
decides to take the, the nicer path. And that prompts Virgil to pull a Batman and disappear. Mm-hmm. Batman, uh, you know, he's like, oh, the kid's got style. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of these episodes, Bat- Batman just gets more and more impressed by Virgil. <laughs> like... Yeah, see, this is what happens when Batman hangs around black people. He's cooler. <laughs> <laughs> he needs more black friends. <laughs> and in, in a sweet note, the episode ends with Bruce Wayne funding Allie's treatment to to turn to have better control over her abilities. And Virgil's at the hospital and he's like, thank you so much, Bruce, for doing this. Like, you didn't have to go through all this trouble. And Bruce is like, oh, yeah, no problem. And in one of the greatest identity reveals, Mm -hmm. instead of saying his name or saying I'm Batman or anything like that, he just has Alfred show up. And that's all it takes for Virgil to put two and two together and realize, you know, some trust has been earned. Yep. And it's, it's a great moment between those two. I love this reveal. It's yeah, I loved it also just because it's like it solidified for me too that like Virgil as static is being more and more accepted into the DC universe proper here. You know, it was always kind of like with season one, it was always just a question because it was mostly just like references that will come up. Season two had the overall, you know, just like saying that like, all right, maybe we'll do like a it had the feeling of like maybe it's just like this is just a cross-dimensional one-time only kind of vibe but now it really kind of like really kind of solidified that like you know Virgil earned the respect he is part of the 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 Diniverse that's been created here so I really really enjoyed this episode as we close this one out to start off with Gear episode two of season three which is another game changer I think would definitely will say how about you oh man I love this episode this episode actually uh it did inspire I took this episode a lot of cues to for my static shock screenplay that I've written uh because I love this Richie plot line which we kick off where he's doing some hide and seek with Virgil back in the the gas station of solitude and he Virgil eventually realizes that Richie's got this backpack (laughs) (laughs) can crawl around places and project his voice. And, you know, in as well as some new restraint devices for, for bang babies. So static's like, these are really impressive things you're coming up with. Like even on this inventing kick lately, like you, a moving backpack that I definitely wanted this. I don't know about you. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I no, I kid. needed that. I was just like, yo, how can I get a mechanical backpack that I could, you know how often I might have lost, I've lost my backpack in the previous years that I'm just like, it'd be nice for it to just crawl back to me. So. Yeah. Forget those rolling backpacks. This is what we really needed. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yo. Yeah, I um, those rolling backpacks were, that had a hold on our, our culture for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, you you get kicked them and like run over people's foot like <laughs> and uh speaking of foot this episode yes. returns the man the myth the legend bigger foot is back <laughs> with an even more jamaican theme song <laughs> <laughs> they heard us they upped up the ante because he is back with the with the rest of the meta breed and his theme song is louder than ever 
<laughs> and Yvonne, bootleg hot girl, Razor Fist McGee, they're all here and they're all back and they want revenge. They they do want some revenge. And Ebon, it's this great continuity callback because he spots Richie and he's like, wait a minute. Richie is always showing up where Static is. They're always peas in the pod. So I just need to get Richie. And then I got Static instantly. So he and Ebon is just too quick. He's too fast. In this episode, he's so He's so fast. It's <laughs> fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> fast as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's just really cool to see this continuity that continues to happen because here we have Ebon is, um, you know, they they we also get a sent a a bit of kind of like backstory with like how Ebon and the rest of the Metabree met each other because they have this new hangout the um they're at this juvenile detention center and then while they're there they're like reminiscent they're like ebon and um what's his name lightning blade mcgee they're talking about how you know back in the day they used to be up in this spot and now they're like yeah but now we really run the place so it was just really kind of cool just to see this um backstory developing for these characters that we've been seeing since like season one and to continue on this connection, Ebon once again um, orders around Talon, Eva Hawkgirl, to um, keep an eye out for Richie. Um, check out the Dakota High. And this is where Talon is just like, you can see her now like flying around the high school as, you know, in this really cool scene where Virgil and Richie are now in class. They're in this like, I have no idea what level of math this is. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. The math on that board was way too complicated. <laughs> Yo, know, the I think it was monomials. I have I, I know I learned that, but I was just like, I have no idea what this is even anymore. I feel like I, I learned that maybe like taking the calculus class or like AP calculus class or something. Yeah, it was this is this is like a beautiful mind kind of stuff. Yo, like I don't some <laughs> some Matt Damon like them apples kind of math like it was crazy <laughs> but when the teacher asked someone to solve it Richie guesses and he basically has the answer like right away so this is what sparks Virgil to be like hey you are real smart and they put together during this episode that you know Richie because he hung around static shortly after the big bang mm -hmm. he some of the the gases were dormant in richie and like he get he's getting these this spike in intelligence due to this this like long-term effect and it really starts messing with him a bit <laughs> yeah he starts to really freak out like you know it's um mainly because he's worried about what's going to happen to him you know we we've already seen some of the crazy things that have happened in terms of the, the alterations that people have gone through for their physical forms. So, and he's worried um, that like, you know, he's going to get a bigger head, like an actually physical bigger head. So, and, or even that his brain's going to be literally on fire. So luckily enough though, Virgil, at least just during their conversation as they're walking, he's able to calm him down a bit. However, this whole interaction 
of them outside of the gas station of solitude, not talking about the abilities, not talking about who Virgil is and all that, all gets recorded by Talon, who takes the video back to Ebon. And now Ebon and the Metabreed are kind of putting two and two together, even though they do have their doubts that Virgil may be static, which in a really cool scene was just um, just like a cool acknowledgement of just a cultural acknowledgement here was the talent was just like yo Virgil is static don't you see his hair and Ebon was just like nah man dudes wear their head like that just acknowledging that moment there is just like it's not just because of hair that he has to be static but saying that like yo anybody could legit be static man people look like him so we can't just go around grabbing the first person that we see with a hairstyle like that so just Really cool acknowledgement of just like a cultural acceptance of like hairstyles within the black community happening there. So, oh, yeah, I love that. I it's one of my favorite lines like that he does not immediately assume that it's static because of the hairstyle. I think that's that's huge, it's so mm -hmm. good. And it, but it, he does think like things are adding up, so he mm -hmm. wants to see more. And while Richie is talking about building a particle accelerator and all the Flash fans know how bad an idea that is, <laughs> he, Ebon at lunch finds Virgil. And I love this, this. It's weird to say, but this kidnapping scene is done so slick. Like Ebon pulls us off yeah. so in such a slick way, which just makes me wonder, did he get kidnapped in the middle of the school day? <laughs> um yeah and there was no one to even just be like yo virgil missed class today so or even see that virgil got kidnapped except for richie my lunch aides wouldn't let us play uno so if somebody got kidnapped during the school period i'm pretty sure the lunch aides would have caught on yeah this is this kidnapping was a sign that please start funding our schools better now guys yeah but after he gets kidnapped, they take him back to the juvie and they put him in like this padded cell room. And Virgil quickly puts together that they suspect he's static. So he realizes he can't use any of his powers to get out of there. So it comes down to Richie, who luckily has built his own Iron Man suit just in time to, <laughs> to help out static. Yes, it is right. It is time for Richie's superhero debut part two. Because remember, this boy was push. Uh, I won't. I'm not gonna let him. Do, I'm not gonna let him forget that. <laughs> so <laughs> Richie ends up. He grabs backpack. He grabs this helmet that he created to help. Um, basically connect himself to backpack and also track anything as well he's got on some rocket boots that we saw he made earlier he's got some zap caps and he's ready he is gone now he is flying very frantically i will point out very frantically flying out to go save his friend as now and he does a i want to say a pretty i, I give it a, a solid b for his is his first um his first villain takedown Oh, yeah. Crashing right into the bootleg hot girl. <laughs> so hard that without breaking anything, luckily, he doesn't break an arm again. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was not flying. He was falling with style. That's what. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then Richie has to get smart because he's got several members of the Metabreed to take down. And I love this, this whole stealth section with Richie. I hate stealth sections in video games mostly, but I enjoyed watching Richie do it here. And... 
Uh, first up, you know, he's got to go against the man, the myth, Bigfoot. Yes. <laughs> His theme was blaring, but it couldn't stop Richie. <laughs> it wasn't enough. And Lightning Blade McGee also gets ends up getting taken down pretty quickly. So now the only person left is Richie and Ebon. And we get a really cool scene here where Richie, upon seeing Ebon watching the cameras, He's able to communicate with Virgil through the shock boxes and Virgil's able to like pick up on the um, the audio of it just enough so it doesn't, it's off screen. And Richie sends over Backpack to loop the video of Virgil kind of just like walking around, giving Virgil enough time to not only power up, but also Richie heads on over and drops off the suit, leading to our season's first Super Saiyan power up costume change. Very happy about this one because also we got a stylistic change in the um in the static outfit with now instead of the white shirt, the black shirt with the gold lightning bolt in the middle. So very excited for this one. And now though, Kang Gore, Bigfoot, I keep going for their real names. I don't <laughs> want to. So now Bigfoot and Lightning Blade McGee, they finally untied themselves and heading over to where Ebon is to alert them that they've been ambushed by the by the flying styles of Richie. Yeah, and this leads to our big fight team up and immediately Virgil and Richie have a good rapport. You could they've always had a good rapport, so you can see them have so much fun taking out these guys together. And because the video feed is looped, now suspicion is fully off of Virgil aesthetic and it's such a small detail but it's so smart like a lot of mm-hmm. people don't even think of these things like you know over in other universes i'm sure like people like spider-man could have thought of solutions like this but <laughs> no virgil uh no but virgil really thinks about this and they defeat the metabreed again and now all that's left is to figure out what the new name is and the new name is, and Richie suggests hardware, but, you know, that's taken. Yep. <laughs> uh, nice, nice nod, nice nod. And there's also, you know, the other name they suggest. <laughs> I do love this one, this scene here too, because um, as soon as, Vir- as, soon as um, Virgil hears Richie suggests steal, he just looks kind of like that off camera into, into the audience screen look. It was just like, Y'all really believe he's just gonna try to pull this really in front of in front of me, me who I am. You think he's gonna get away with steel? And luckily though, Richie's just like, you know, man, I gotta figure out what to call myself now with all this cool gear that I got. And that's where they get the name Gear, because Statics is like, what about that? That seems cool. And it takes it takes Richie a couple seconds to really kind of like accept it, but it's just like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, and it, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it the gear just uh, gear sounds good. It's fitting. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent into it. Yep. Uh, and uh, and I do want to point out in this episode there was a record breaking four DC references in this in this episode uh we had just the names alone that was two there um because as the episode ends uh hot they alerted that hot streak is rampaging on 52nd and main as we know 52 is a big number in dc 
And last but not least, there was also um, in the very beginning of the episode where Static is going to fight against the Metabreed, he they're like, yo, it's Static. And he's like, that's right. Don't start none. There won't be none. As we know is the name of Static's first book and the intro to his comic book introduction. Ah, just leaning on the f- fourth wall hard, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so those are our two. And, you know, it's a great double header to open things up for this season three. So who who took it for you this week? You know, you got to, I mean, again, none of them are going to be on the level of Shaq. Let's oh, yeah, no. that away right away. But of the two, <laughs> who do you lean towards? <laughs> Uh, this is definitely a tough one here, just because, to be honest, I always used to think that Gear was the um, the season premiere, and then it was shocked to see it was hard as nails. <laughs> um, but honestly, I would have to actually give it to um, to Hardest Nails. I think Hardest Nails kind of, you know, not no disrespect to Gear, it was a great first episode, and I loved it. Um, I just think that in terms of you know what actually i might have to take this back i actually instead of hardest nails i think i'm going to give it to gear Mm. game time decision here (laughs) (laughs) i think mainly because gear created an episode of static that was just a true static episode it opened the door and opened the concept of a new universe like hardest nails is great and i'm realizing the thing that the things i loved about hardest nails were the things that I loved about Batman. Mm-hmm. But gear is everything that I loved about Static and this whole series. So I have to give it to gear because of the fact that, you know, you got a chance to see so many DC milestone connections. We get a chance to, to see Richie join, you know, he, he, he's had this wish to become part of his crime fighter team and be something other than just a man in the chair. And now to finally see his dream come to realization is just awesome. You know, I, it's not the typical, you know, like he, he didn't get like laser vision or super strength, but it's just really cool to have someone like Richie join the team because it's just like when you have someone as powerful as static, you need someone that has a bit more level headed and using their mind in order to to fight. So this was a good episode of static for me, and which is why I have to give gear the top spot. What about you? Yeah, I think I, I 100% agree. Like, Hard as Nails in most weeks would be the top episode because you have a great villain. You know, they always do such great villains of the week, and this story was really f- great. And, you know, it has the moral about not trusting strangers on the internet. It has a good arc, and Virgil really sticking his neck out for uh, an, a metahuman. But... I think if you did take away the Batman elements, this episode would feel like it wouldn't it wouldn't match up to things like Frozen mm-hmm. or in in like the terms of scale and emotional depths. So yeah, Batman does a lot of heavy lifting here, which again is not bad by any means. But I think if you're saying what is a single standalone great static episode, it's got to be Gear because you have the setup for Richie, which is going to carry on through the rest of this series. You have, even though we'll see some characters come back from Heart of His Nails, but get Richie's origins, you have his, like, the things we don't think about. Like, he, Richie was like, oh, this is not cool for him instantly because he's worried about what will happen to him. He's seen 
people mutate into purple monsters. He's seen people go crazy and evil. So, and he's had a brush with superpowers before. So, I like the caution. I like the upgrade for Richie into more a more active sidekick. And look, if you put the bigger foot theme song down, <laughs> I, I'm I'm down. If you had Carmen Dillo, this would be the series best episode. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand. You can't have everything. You can't have everything. But uh, <laughs> no. But seriously, it's a it's an episode that it it go, dives into some interesting issues. It has a good plot line. It's very smart. It's very tightly told and has a bunch of nice twists in the middle. So I I really do think here is, is deserving the top episode here. Yeah. And, you know, something that's really cool that I was um, thinking about as I, after I watched this episode of Gear was they've been kind of setting this up for quite some time. Like we've been commenting over the fact that Richie is too smart. Like he's got... He should be getting like Elon Musk money by this point. But then there were so many other things that was happening to him, like just seeing how um, he was creating all of this stuff and really just like, even this is some one thing that I thinking back to all the way from the very beginning was when Virgil was so worried about his own uh, metamorphosis when it comes to this whole uh, the bang baby incident and he asked richie to check his blood and richie was just like i don't see anything different between my blood and yours and at that moment there's just like you know we we're thinking about just like okay virgil's nothing's popping up for virgil where it's going to alert people to like yeah this is he is static but then it's like the same time it's just like what if it was because richie was also morphed in some way and we just just didn't notice that and then just yeah it could possibly be that their blood was looking normal especially because we had the doctor come in and confirm that it was normal but at that same point it's just like we're just probably not seeing something at a much deeper level and this setup to me is just kind of cool just because it's just like you know there there was there was thoughts that um i was reading that there were thoughts that they were going to actually take richie out of the show entirely as you know static static grows as his own hero um you know we started seeing moments in which richie just didn't really fit into the dynamic like it even like thinking back to the frozen out episode he basically just called up virgil to when the storm had happened and that was a big episode for a character who was supposed to be the best friend of the main character to not really have any kind of input in one of his biggest episodes sounds to me like they're just like trying to figure out what to do with him and with time obviously he could have been written out but fortunately for us Richie's transformation into the the gear superhero persona tested well for many people and you know it's just really glad to see that we now finally get a chance to you know, from like arrow terms, our um, dig our diggle has arrived in the um, in our DC <laughs> universe here for Static Shock. So it's just really, I'm just really glad that we were able to really connect Richie and give him an opportunity to become this hero in his own right without it having to be connected to ragtag or or um, just like his own feelings of in like 
inferiority towards static and trying to do something more like in the slipstream episode so yeah very glad that we finally get a chance to see richie kind of come full circle and kind of cool to see that it's been something that might have been planned out since the very beginning yeah and uh just like diggle their helmets are equally ridiculous but <laughs> yes i was like this helmet looks like the like real deep cut here um the helmet that they wore in that like futuristic lacrosse game from batman beyond when they had the, the episode oh. with bane i thought yeah. it was that and i was just like is this like the early prototype because what happened in the future where they made them look more like um like alien from the ridley scott films i don't like i guess it's just the fashion everyone try to get that judge dread helmet kind of thing going <laughs> I don't know, but uh, no, I 100% agree. I, I do, I do like that. Instead of trying to write, keep writing scenarios where Richie was just there or around, that they integrated him into the show, and by better by giving him abilities and building on things that already were there. It's it's always the best thing to see where it feels natural. It's always good to see when it feels natural, and it definitely works. Yeah. So that there is um, basically just how great this was to kind of a little bit of a reboot, like a little soft reboot of Static, it felt like, you know, they didn't really address the, they have one comment on the, the costume change, but we saw like a drastic difference in the animation style of the characters, some of the clothing that they wear on a typical um, day. So it was just really cool to see this like change in their appearance and the style and kind of like, I guess like a, a moment of growth. Cause usually in superhero costume worlds, um, I'm saying this, like I'm an expert that makes superhero costumes <laughs> on the side, which I don't, but usually when a character goes from wearing like how Stag is wearing a white t-shirt with his logo, moving into a darker theme than the black shirt, it means that the character experienced a moment of growth. And, you know, we, it is possible based off of the last episode, Jimmy, in which um, Virgil did see, unfortunately, for Richie to be shot during a gathering um, at the community center. So we can assume here that this is Static's moment of just like he's experienced growth. He's a more seasoned hero. He understands the consequences of his actions. With great power comes great responsibility, you know, all that. Um, but in terms of uh, the reboot, we did kind of see Static already have one in the comic book world. Uh, back in 2001, because of the popularity of the show, uh, Dwayne McDuffie, uh, Dennis Cowan, Derek, T uh, Derek T. Dingle, they all came together to re reintroduce Static into the DC world proper with the um, four-part miniseries, Rebirth of the Cool. It was in 2001, it was, um, they put together this comic detailing basically Virgil's, um, what happened to Virgil, while also connecting it very much to the, um, to not only the original run of comics from the original 45 comics from the Milestone universe, but also um, kind of connecting it to what was happening to him on the TV show. We see in that book, he has a very similar costume to what we saw in the first two seasons of The White Shirt, with the um the the blue trench coat with the yellow banding so because of that and wanting to reintroduce him into the dc world proper because again milestone and dc were two separate universes 
here he's in the DC universe. So we have this little bit of a reboot because now we have to reintroduce static to the DC world. Um, and this is something that happened here in 2001. And I feel has since then has continuously happened to a lot of superheroes. Right now, today, we are about to see now what was our ninth version of Batman? Live action or anime? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that is a very good question. <laughs> we got to do the count on that if one. If we're live action, we're talking West. We're talking Keaton, mm-hmm. Kilmer, Clooney, uh, Bale, Bale, Affleck. And yeah, Pattinson will be the seventh movie. We're not counting any TV iterations of Bruce Wayne. Uh, (laughs) Because we were not talking about Gotham yet. Right. Um, And then we also got, you know, like this is our third popular version of Spider-Man that we're currently on with Tom Holland. Um, There was a Spider-Man movie back in the day. I think it was more based off of the 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 japanese style of of spider-man so oh yeah yeah there was the the jet there was the one in japanese where the he he was built bit by he he got a blood transfusion Mm -hmm. from an alien from planet spider (laughs) um the same year there was a very normal relatively interpretation of spider-man tv movie where this peter parker was apparently was like approximately a hundred years old uh, this guy was not a teenager. <laughs> what? <laughs> he was at least in, he was at least in his forties, but it was like he was supposed to be like I guess like str- fresh out of college. But I was like, come on, man, this guy looks like he's forty. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, there's a uh, a lot of reboots, and I mean the most ridiculous one probably to us we saw in, in our lifetime uh, would be Amazing Spider-Man two, two thousand fourteen, Peter oh, Parker. Gosh. And two years later, it's Civil War. It's a completely new Peter Parker, completely new origin, completely new universe. Because when it's time to reboot, you got to reboot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have so many reboots throughout just not only in films, but in television, cartoons. Um, you know, how does, I guess, really, do you think that this season will have the same impact that seasons one and two had? Or would it fall to the curse of the reboot and just like basically fall short? Like we we have seen, we, we named the, the more popular ones, the ones that have been doing well, but there have been some really shitty ones out there. Yeah, I think I think the this reboot is doing the smart thing where, you know, it doesn't try to completely radically shift from what you've known. It just tries to acknowledge things are different. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're we're gonna move on anyway. I, I would compare it to the 2021 Suicide Squad, where it's has to be in the same continuity. <laughs> uh, maybe, but they don't really seem that dead set on making sure you know that. They're just like, here, here are some of the characters from the last one. The events of the last one, maybe they happened. Who cares? We don't. So I think that kind of loose approach to reboots can really help sometimes when you have something that mostly works or you had elements of something that works and you're just trying to finesse them a little bit so i think as long as you try to as long as you keep in mind what works and don't try to add it in a bunch of unnecessary stuff you're in a safe place 
And that's where he feels going into season three where they are. Yeah, I definitely agree with the don't add any unnecessary stuff. We're looking at you, um, Avatar The Last Airbender coming out in please please just ah! <laughs> don't do anything too crazy <laughs> yeah they were like oh what if there was sex and violence i was like what if there wasn't <laughs> or even that? just like the big thing what if we change change the ages of of um katara and Sokka? So. no but yeah i agree i think that you know i i do see this new season as a reboot and i am glad um that they did such intentional planning to really show that there is this strong continuity you know and it still does have that same feel like in fact it feels like it got more adult to be honest like i feel like we've stepped away from just in these two episodes kind of like the villains of the week uh, you know, they're still there. I mean, yeah, it's like Harley Quinn and then we have like the benefit with Ebon. But, you know, it's it felt like it took the same elements of Static that we love. Like um, the, the fact that Static is someone who doesn't need to go into a physical altercation with somebody first and foremost. Like every single time he talked with Ali, he talked. He... He did go, they did have a fight, but most of it was him on being on the defensive or him trying to trap her to say like, wait, I just want to talk with you. I just want you to, to listen because, you know, it's like, here's an, I'm trying to give you an opportunity to come back with me so that we can get you the help that you need. So that episode just like echoed all of that. And then with gear, we got a chance to really kind of see once again, a rekindling of the friendship between um Virgil and Richie but now into this new way of now to be like we can be superhero crime fighting partners so I have high hopes for season three you know soundtrack and scores and music for Bigfoot aside Mm -hmm. but so like that's why I'm like hoping that even though this does feel like this soft reboot we have like again we have a lot of elements that felt like we wanted to reintroduce the character with the even with him saying that, like, yo, it is static, don't start none, don't be none. It does feel like we're trying to reintroduce him. It also feels like we have a familiar face to what we've been going through for these last two seasons for him. Yeah, I, the energy is good. You know, it's like to to quote <laughs> to quote uh, Jamie Fox in uh, in Spider Man No Way Home. You've had enough time to see it. Um, <laughs> <everyone>. <laughs> Um, I like this new energy, this new energy here in this new universe feels good. And it does feel good. It feels like we're, we're on a new era, but we haven't lost anything that made the show so good up to this point. So yeah, high hopes, high hopes. All right. So the last thing I'm just going to add here is the, um, there's a couple of story behind the scenes nods for a couple of stuff that we saw here comic book connections and also what was happening behind in the industry so in our hardest nails episode uh batman tells static that he was you know that robin isn't there with them right now because of the fact that he's with the teen titans and static is thrilled to hear this and even to the point where batman says oh yeah don't worry one day you'll meet them there was supposed to be a planned episode crossover of Static Shock and the Teen Titans. Oh, damn it. 
This, however, was stopped due to the fact that with this timeline of this episode and the timeline of when Teen Titans, the original series, not Teen Titans Go, the, the, the series that inspired the voicing stylings and the characters' designs, the original Teen Titans, when they dropped, this is when they found out that Teen Titans was not a part of the DCAU proper. Therefore, they could not have this crossover episode. I my mind would have been blown if they had pulled that <laughs> off. Like seeing static in the the anime esque animation, mm-hmm. Teen Titans. Oh my god! Ah, uh, what a dream! What a dream! Yeah. So a little heartbroken here for this one, but would have been so awesome. And um, but. On the plus side, we do have in a couple more episodes a really great crossover event because, as we mentioned, Static has leveled up. Um, he's gotten his superhero fighting partner in crime now. So this means that they it's time for them to team up with the Justice League. So we're going to see that as kind of like our mid-season episode here for, for season three. So very excited about that one. That was put in favor of the, um, the Teen Titans episode only because, once again, Teen Titans was not in the same universe. And we know this because in the Static Shock episode from season two, Robin is Tim Drake. And I'm confirming it here now, even though it hasn't been truly confirmed. The the one that was in the team, the Robin that was in Teen Titans definitely Dick Grayson. There's oh yeah, because yeah. there's a there's a scene in Teen Titans where um he's having some flashbacks and you see a trapeze mm-hmm. and it's past. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's it's Dick. Yeah. Unless Tim went to the circus. <laughs> if they did, that means that they definitely rebooted his story in <laughs> origin. All right. So that is our episode. That was uh hardest nails. That was gear. We got Richie joining the fold now and our quick conversation about reboots within the comic book and, and, and um, the movie world. So very excited for what's going to come next. In the meantime, y'all take care of yourselves and always remember that if you feel like you're getting smarter and feel like you're creating new things and everything, you have several options, but I will recommend the option in which you take over from Elon Musk. Absolutely. And if any strangers on the internet tell you to come to Gotham, just know if you do it, either you're going to die or somebody else is going to die. So don't go to Gotham. <laughs> right. Because Batman will find you. <laughs> he will find you. Don't sell an eighth either. <laughs> now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop. So remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall. And tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. Our comic for today is Stag Shock Rebirth of the Cool. With the popularity of the Stash Shock animated series, Milestone drops a four-part DC Universe story in 2001, reintroducing us to one of the most electrifying heroes in the game. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.